Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm I'm actually doing really, really well. I feel really good um, this week as we're recording this. So um, I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we uh, in the we're well located in the Western New York area, so back to routine. Everybody goes back to school here. I know different states across the country have very different start dates, but that's been great. Um, Weather wise, we got one last shot of summer, but woke up today and it feels like fall and. That means football and, and show stands here is that fall is elite. Fall is very elite. Fall, mm-hmm. I used to be all in on team summer. I changed that stance. I've jumped over to team fall. Fall is very elite, man. You know what? Actually, let me tell you this. I think I'm going to be a flannel guy this year. How do you feel about that? Tell me more. Well, I was just thinking the other day, why not be the flannel guy? I don't know any other flannel guys, so maybe I need to be the flannel guy. All right. Well, I wish you luck in becoming the flannel guy. <laughs> I right. mean, you do you. I'm, I'm not the flannel guy. Flannel, flannel's going to be too hot for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. And my, what I originally, my head was at was we can enjoy summer and fall. So I don't think we have to choose. That's a, that's a false choice. It's true. It, it's, not an, it's not an or comment, right? This can very much be an and no. comment. But, mm-hmm. you know, Matt. For for where we're at, September, beginning of September as we track this, I think I'm going to be a flannel guy. I have had some pumpkin spice in my coffee already. I'm ready for it. Fall is here. It is fall, y'all. So what? Let's get to the show, man. What do you think? Let's go. Matt, I want to talk about having a campaign mindset when it comes to your marketing. Now, Matt, for the last couple months, I've had the opportunity to speak at a few industry conferences. I've had the opportunity to talk to what's got to be close to 100, 150-ish uh, different clients and prospects throughout the industry. Um, Matt, honestly, it's been like four calls a day for as long as I can remember at this point. So that number might even be a little light. What I'm seeing more and more though, when I talk to either prospects or individuals at conferences or maybe even clients who maybe have one or two things with us, not a full, full-on strategy, is in a lot of ways, the industry is, and again, just maybe through a, a minor lens of the conversations I've been a part of, is lacking a campaign mindset. And when I say a campaign mindset, I mean, we're doing stuff. We might be doing some recruitment marketing. We might be spending on Indeed. We might be sending out an email newsletter. We might be blogging. We might be doing PPC. But those tactics are not talking to each other. And it's not one cohesive What is the goal and how is all of this going to spider web to work together? And Matt, where I'm at in my seat beginning of September, I feel like our industry needs to shift to more of this campaign-driven mindset. What do you think? 
I'm, my initial thought, and I want to come back at you with this because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in your head. When you say campaign mindset and goals, is that is that starting with a business goal? Of course. Or is that starting with okay, so Always. a business goal, a sales side or recruiting side, and then how each of um, the strategies and then tactics help to that. But you feel like give give us an example because I'm I can picture it, but I can't. I think that would this would help. Yeah. So I was talking to a prospect um, at the Colorado Staffing Association. So this is going on a month ago. And we sat down and we started thinking about all of the marketing that they're deploying. And their goal is candidates. Right now, they are struggling to get applications. Okay. That is their challenge. Their goal, Brad, I need more applications. Great. So I sat down and I said, okay, well, what are you doing to drive applications? And they gave me a couple things. And I said, okay, well, what are you doing from a marketing standpoint? What are you doing? They sent out an email newsletter the month prior to clients. Didn't send one to candidates. The content that they were creating was partially for clients. One post a month was for candidates. Their social strategy, when I looked at it independently, was probably 70% skewed towards driving new business let's call it 10% towards candidates. And the other 20 was stuff that I could throw away and never see again. Their goal, their challenge is candidates, but their execution was so lacking that it was a light bulb moment when I said, listen, you're not seeing any success in terms of driving applications because you're not doing anything to drive applications. And, and it's tough to be that blunt to somebody, but when you have a relationship like I do with a lot of the individuals at that conference, we can have those conversations. But you're not going to see results if you're not doing the right things. And I think, Matt, if we want to have, and I'm calling it a campaign mindset, maybe that's the wrong phrase, but the, the campaign, everything that we do has to align to the goal or don't feel bad when it doesn't work. I love the audit you did there because the outside perception of whoever comes across their their marketing, their their content, their website, their social is we need job orders. It's not that we need candidates. And I'm guessing it wasn't that they need candidates. It's that they need quality candidates. They're probably getting candidates. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that is even harder to find, right? We can go on a whole nother segment about quality right now. So the campaign mindset, I think is, I think campaign is where I was struggling when you were talking about that. It's goal mindset. Campaign is, you know, everything that goes into that goal. So putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, we we could workshop that if somebody really, really wanted to. But I think everything has to be working together um, and having a purpose. So that makes a lot of sense. And the example helped a lot because this company needs candidates. They probably need quality candidates, but they're not sending out an email newsletter to people. They're probably not reactivating the database, which we'll talk about in segment two. They're not posting about it on social. It's it's not, they're not doing enough tactically and strategically to, to reach that goal. Goal mindset makes more sense than campaign mindset. I like where you took that. Um, so I guess I've been articulating it wrong for a month now, but that's why we have the show, right? Um, we can workshop things together and figure it out. But Matt, I, I, I just want to stress one more time. When you sit down as we're approaching Q4, as you sit down, now is probably a great time to start thinking about 2024. Don't wait until the last week of December to start planning because at that point, you're too late. So let's say if you're sitting down in the upcoming month to think about 2024, what is your biggest challenge? What is your business goal? 
what are you striving to achieve in 2024? Once you have that, how are the marketing tactics and strategies that you deploy going to march you closer to that goal? To Matt's point, if you have a goal mindset, what are you going to do day after day, week after week, month after month, whatever it is, to march closer to that goal? And are you wasting time doing things that don't push you closer to that? Because if you are, friends, well then, like I said, don't feel bad when it doesn't work. So we lay out that goal for 2024. We lay out the strategy and tactics. And I think what I would recommend is how are we going to measure that? Not just not just the overall goal of, hey, I want to get 10% more quality candidates or placements in 2024. Great. There's my smart goal for each of those tactics that Brad would recommend to someone, an email newsletter, a social post, their recruitment spend. If you're trying to improve your reputation, all these different tactics that build the bottom of the pyramid to get us up. How are you going to measure that? Not every day, probably not every week, but monthly and quarterly. So you have those measurements in the beginning, not when you're in the middle of it, and you know what's successful, not successful. And then if we can really do go to the next level, how can you adjust it based on those results? This is actually a, a great question, Matt. And also what I spoke on at the Colorado Staffing Association is thinking through... How do you know if your marketing's working and how do you identify what I would call micro win? So how do you know if your marketing is working? You have a business goal. You want to have 10% more applications in Q1 than you had in Q4 in very specific roles. You have a SMART goal. We've talked about SMART goals on the show before. If you're not sure what a SMART goal is, go back to a past episode and check that out. You have a goal. That is your number. That is your compass. That is your North Star, right? That is the goal. That's the number you should be looking at. But along the way, we need to understand what our micro wins are to get us closer to that goal. So Matt, to your point, if the goal is more applications, great. The micro win might be more visibility on the career portal. It might be more job views on the career portal. It might be lowering your cost per click because if we win that battle, we can then get more clicks for our ad dollars to drive more applications. If we're deploying social, maybe it's follower numbers. And Matt, I tend to hate follower numbers because I think they're vanity metrics. But if we're posting on Instagram or LinkedIn to 22 people and your goal is applications, well, then reach and impressions don't matter. And your tactics on social aren't going to matter. But that could be a small micro win. That could be part of the bigger picture. The goal remains true. We need applications. But the micro win could be okay. Let's get 50 more followers that are targeted candidates in January and start there. That's a micro win. So Matt, I think to, to kind of wrap it up, bring it full circle for me, at least on this question, the goal is always the business goal. What is that number that you're going to look at? Then what are the micro wins that let you know you're on the right path? Put it back into an analogy right at the gym, right? You're not just going to go out and run a marathon or you're not just going to go bench 225, whatever it might be. but this week, did you run one more mile than you did last week? Great. Micro wins. Celebrate that success. Did you add five pounds to the bar this week? Then last week, great. Celebrate that win. Celebrate that success. Because you know if you're doing that, it's going to march you closer to the goal that you have in mind. Matt, let's get out of that one. Let's talk about leveraging a database. This is another thing that I think keeps coming up in marketing conversation outside Haley, inside Haley, 
wherever you look, how can we be more effective with the database that we have? Matt, you used to talk about this quite a bit when you were more on the PPC front. I think you still talk about it quite a bit on the recruitment marketing front. Now it's something that I don't stop talking about in my seat. I am puzzled. And we actually just talked about this via text a couple of days ago. I am puzzled why we're so fixated on giving sites like Indeed more money for new applications when we have thousands of people in our database who could fill the open orders that we have. I can't, and I would love if somebody can come on to explain it to me. We can do that in the next show. I cannot get my head around why we as an industry do not go back to the database we have instinctively. We instead try to get a thousand more applications from people that we don't know and repeat the process. Matt, I don't get it. There's a lot there that you that you laid out. And yes, open invitation that someone wants to come on because we're bread and I think my head's at a little bit just because we're not in ATS every day. And I live in the recruitment marketing space. So I love when people spend money um, from a business sense on job boards, but job boards are active job seekers. So it's it's path of least resistance. If Matt is unhappy at Haley Marketing and wants a new marketing job, I'm going to go to Indeed or LinkedIn or choose your job board career site, look at who's hiring and submit my application because I'm I'm become an active job seeker. So it's easy for to rely on that flow of candidates. The problem is, and this show has been talking about database management a lot. Brad's been talking about it. Friend of show Tom Herb talked about it probably a year or two ago, I think. Um, the problem, I'm just hearing database. I got to go back to the database a lot. Why are people doing that? Candidate quality is down. So they now think they're wasting money on the job boards. And with job orders down, business isn't as good in the industry. Down probably what? I think it's 20, 30%. It's not as easy just to throw money at the job board. So it's okay. Let's now go back into the database to see if we can place, reach out, reach out, and then place the candidates we've already paid for because quality stinks coming in. But now is where I get lost is you know managing that database. Well, it takes effort and it takes time, but so does business and so does being successful. So- I get it. If if you have a database that's been generating candidates for 20 years and you have a database of 100,000 people and maybe only 5,000 of those records matter at this point, well, then you might as well not even have a database. You don't have a database. Let me say that. That's my take. If you have a, a muddy database and you can't filter it, you can't segment it, then you don't even have a database. You have a series of names and emails that are of no value to you. But Matt, all of us who have buckets of data can run a data analysis. There are ways that we can rule out people that don't have functioning emails anymore. There are ways that we could send email to figure out who's a prospect or who's a candidate now. We all have the opportunity to clean it up. But Matt, I think that's where my head's at is if you have a database that you can't utilize, then you don't even have a database. Maybe that's where the frustration comes into play, where you just you just laid out. If I have 100,000 people in my database and the recruiters know a small percentage that is placeable or ready to work, the systems and tactics aren't in place to leverage what's quality in the database. We got to 
you know, there's a lot we could do. Like from my seat, right? We got to scrub the database constantly to see who's who could be placeable. You know, there's great automation out there to say, okay, keep it updated. Or when a job order comes in for a registered nurse in Chicago, do I have that? Here's the 20 candidates. But maybe the challenge is the 20 candidates coming back, 18 of them have a job right now, or it could be unqualified, or may have moved. So it feels like, and we may have talked about this before, I'm not sure, the active database management is the key. You might have got us there. I mean, you, you make perfect sense, right? If you know that there's 20 people who are perfect for the role in your database, assuming you have a clean database... To your point, now what? They're working, they moved, they did something else, they don't want to work anymore. Maybe one or two had a bad experience with you. I get that. It just, it seems, it seems to me, Matt, if, if, and maybe it's because I think Rockstar marketing so much and I think like what's going on around us in other ways, the way that consumer goods drive sales so well is because they have a database. That's why you get ads for bird dogs or you get ads, Matt, for Callaway or Titleist, whatever kind of ball you play or clubs you use. I don't know those ads stay around you because you're in their world and they want you to stay in their world. That to me is what staffing does not do. They, we, we place somebody and then we forget about them. We have a job order and then we forget about that person. It, it's like relationship 101, but it's, it's also, it, it, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm rambling a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm fixated on the idea, but I'm also frustrated on the idea because I hear Day after day, people saying, listen, Brad, we have these orders and we can't find talent. And then in the same conversation, I'm hearing those people say, but we have 10,000 people, 20,000 people in our database. The orders can all be filled tomorrow if we had better data and we had better access to the data. And I think that's why I get so worked up is because we allowed ourselves to almost get lazy in the data management side of it. So we just go to Indeed and we say, okay, have 100 people apply and someone's got to be good enough in there. Chief, Chief Marketing Officer Jeff Stats is yelling at us about marketing automation right now. I can guarantee you when he's listening, he's like, that's why you need automation because it's funny you talk about staying in front of it because I've really noticed it in my email lately. I clean it up every once in a while because you, you sign up for lists and it's just overload. But for some reason, I've signed up for a couple recently or whatever. They're pretty persistent or they're there every day. Or I'll tell you what, OptiContacts at 3 p.m. every day sends me a text message every single day. How often, first of all, how often do you buy contacts every six months or every year? Literally every day, I get a contact text message at 3 p.m. for a product I might buy annually. But they're in your world. Mm -hmm. and, and you haven't unsubscribed to that yet. And they know you haven't unsubscribed. Matt, I mean, I... um. I could tell you two examples right now. You told me about Colvin Cleaners, right? They text me every every Sunday and say, hey, do you need a pickup tomorrow? Yeah, yes. I, first off, I do. Come get my clothes. <laughs> and But like that is using the database effectively. And then there's another product that I love. It's it's um, Legion Supplements. And um, God, they're just so smart with everything they do, but it, it works well. They know if you have a, a product in your cart that you don't buy, and then they text you like 30 minutes later saying, hey, why didn't you come back and pick this up? They're just so, so good at everything. We can talk about that in another, in another show. But friends, I, I, I'm getting frustrated, and, and you can't see me on screen because I know we typically just run the audio, and maybe I'll run a little clip here on LinkedIn so y'all can see some of my um, body language when we walk through this one. But Matt, I, I think... As we look at 2024, 
please, friends, just do me one favor and spend a little bit of time thinking through how we can more effectively use our candidate and our client databases. You're struggling for orders. Go back to people who worked with you five years ago, 10 years ago. Where's your little black book of business? Who are you not working with now? And why aren't you working with them? On the candidate side of things, look at your database. How can you scrub it? How can you clean it? What can you do through automation, through other means to figure out who is still a viable contact in that database and who is not? Please just promise me you'll spend a little bit of time on that project. Matt, anything else before we get out of here? No, I'm going to try to bring it all around. I think it's, you have to have the buy-in. And this wasn't where we intended the segment to go any for sure. But we're talking about our consumer world examples. You need to have that buy-in. The database isn't going to reach out to you tomorrow. Might not reach out to you in a week. It has to be the marketing mindset. You know, it works in the consumer world. Stay in front of people with the tactics they want, with the content they want. And if they don't want to be a part of it for you anymore, that's fine. People are going to unsubscribe. It's okay. But the people that don't, you're in front of them. They're going to they're gonna come to you when they have a need and just you have to have the buy-in and it can be challenging because you don't get instant results. But that's that's where I felt like I wanted to kind of wrap up this segment. I feel like I can see Brad had a light bulb moment here so he's going to enlighten us with, but just... I did. I got frustrated again. Yeah, he got frustrated, but I think that's that's the my take here on this is with the database, stay in front of them with the content. It can be automated. It can be, you know, it doesn't have to be one-to-one reach out every person, but stay in front of them to help you reach your business goal. And hopefully you can, you can narrow down to those quality candidates that will help you fill the open orders because speed to fill is vital right now and will help you drive revenue. I'm going to hold my take. I, I had an idea. That's what we call a hook in the radio business. Sure. No, I'll I'll go ahead and say it. I, I had a conversation, this is a while ago, this is a month or two ago, with someone who said we're we're doing too much. We're emailing too much. We're we're doing too much on social. I had somebody reach out saying that they're tired of seeing our messaging. Well then forget about that person and keep it moving. Matt, to your point, people are gonna unsubscribe. People are gonna say, Oh, there's too much volume here. Matt, individuals like Gary V and some of these other you know, monster content creators are putting out hundreds of pieces of content a day. Your contact company that you won't use again until next April is texting you daily. Friends, if one person is reaching out saying, hey, you're emailing me too much because you send one email a month, they're probably somebody that you don't need on your list in the first place. Let's just make that clear. That, Matt, to me, was was eye-opening. And, and the, the thought of, if we're going to let one person dictate what we're doing for 10,000 other people, we got this totally backwards. Um, but yeah, you, you, you caught me on that wave, so I might as well just say it since I'm in this kind of headspace today. Matt, what do you think, man? That was two segments today. You got anything else that you want to wrap us up with here? I don't. Um, excited for Staffing World coming up here. Um, I know that kind of time dates are- Is that your next show? Here. Pardon? That's your next show. I will be attending Staffing World and speaking um, on Wednesday of the show about how to level up recruitment marketing um, and win. And excited to be actually presenting on a the full Staffing World for the first time. Have been at Tech Park a couple Tech Park a couple other times. Oh, you have a session. I do. I I do have a session. So boy. the bribes and all worked. Um, Jeff Stats from our team will be talking about automation at a at a ten minute talk. Um, and stop by the booth if you're at there at ASA. So appreciate. Um, everyone listening here and that that's all I really have as we we wrap up the show. 
Are you going to wear an inside shirt? I've been thinking about this, about the wardrobe, and I do not know. It will not be wearing <laughs> an inside shirt. Probably, probably not. What do you wear on stage at Staffing World? I can tell you what I would question. go in. But um, wow, because you're, you're a quarter zip guy. That's kind of your brand. I am. But- staffing world do we do we go full suit do we go jeans and coat do we go jeans and polo matt you got some time to figure that out man and i will tell you as a guy who wears jeans and a t-shirt pretty much 90 percent of the time i'm the wrong person to tell you what to wear but that's our show and thank you for listening to another episode of insights if you found this episode valuable we would love to know you can message matt or brad on linkedin to share your thoughts have a question for us, you can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. For my podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time. <laughs>